Could be worse, Poison Control 2019. As much fun as reading abridged versions of international guidance documents can be, I'm going to revisit the 2019 Poison Control report at the start of this podcast. We're still dealing with the A's, acids and alkaline chemicals, also known as bases, including those not otherwise specified. Acids and bases are going to be covered here together because even though they are on opposite sides of the scale, in terms of pH, they can cause similarly devastating chemical burns due to dermal exposures and ingestions. Specific acids or bases are not being covered here because it is quite common to get a report of an acid or base that is not otherwise specified. The dose makes the poison, but for acids and bases, it is the strength of the solution as well as the area exposed and length of exposure that determines the toxicity. For example, I'm from North Carolina, so I know firsthand that people can safely pour vinegar, which is around 3% acetic acid, on their collard greens or barbecue. However, just inhaling glacial acetic acid, which is pure acetic acid, can cause serious lung damage. Plus, glacial acetic acid has the dubious honor of being a flammable acid. There aren't a whole lot of chemicals that come with both the corrosive and flammable hazard labels. This is probably a good thing. Acids and bases can cause fatalities by causing chemical burns. Just like with physical burns, the greater the surface area burnt by a chemical, the worse the outcome. An exception to this is with ingestions and inhalations, where chemical burns to the esophagus and lungs don't have to cover a large surface area to be lethal. Chemical burn fatalities have typically been associated with occupational and industrial exposures and through suicide. However, they can also be the result of assaults, especially with acids. There's a lot of confusion about how best to handle these burns, but we can start with one of the worst ones, hydrofluoric acid, to help clear up the confusion. Hydrofluoric acid is unusual because it is lipophilic, and so it can penetrate deep into the fat to the point of being able to destroy the tissue all the way down to and including the bone. It is also notorious for causing disproportionate pain. Hydrofluoric acid has a specific treatment of calcium gluconate. McGee et al. 2014 covered this in a review. But even with hydrofluoric acid, the best course of action is irrigation of the site with water for a significant amount of time. 15 to 30 minutes is recommended. Even hydrofluoric acid is no exception to the general principle of ABCDEF, where the D is in decontamination, comes before the F, as in find the antidote. So whether it's an acid or a base, elimination through the use of large quantities of water is key. Bases tend to be soapier and harder to remove with water, but even with caustic cleaners that are based on bases such as sodium and potassium hydroxide, a steady stream of water will remove them and reduce the tissue damage. One of the worst things that can be done with a chemical burn is to apply something occlusive like vegetable, mineral, or motor oil, as that just traps the remaining acid or base next to the skin, allowing it to cause more tissue damage. Olatan and Jaburum 2008, cover chemical assaults and note that when the victims applied anything other than water to their skin, that generally made their injuries much worse. As with any burns that damage the skin, infections and septicemia are a major cause of mortality and morbidity. But respiratory distress and blindness, renal failure, contractures, hypertrophic scars, keloids, and skin depigmentation are also common injuries. Suicide attempts have the added danger because the esophagus and trachea are so close and because the damage to those tubes can destroy a patient's ability to eat and breathe respectively. As far as the tox and tots part go, smaller children are more likely to accidentally ingest acids or bases. Sarmer et al. 2021 notes that worldwide, 80% of all corrosive ingestions cases involve children. Most of these cases involve children under 5, but there are also pediatric suicides, which are mostly among adolescents. And with dermal exposures, because their skin is thinner and tends to be more scratched, it's also more damaging. But as the 2019 Poison Control Report demonstrates, there's a kind of U-shaped age distribution for accidental ingestions. It's common to think of toddlers with their mouthing behavior and being too young to read as being at greater risk for ingestion, but the elderly are also at risk of accidental ingestions. There were four reported cases of fatal unintentional ingestions of acid or alkali cleaners, ranging in age from 70 to 97. There was also a case of unintentional ingestion listed as therapeutic that I don't know the background about, but I'm going to assume it also involves the vulnerability of some of the elderly. 
Adolescents and young adults are also common to think of as being at risk for suicide. However, the 2019 report also shows that the elderly are also at risk for suicide. While eight adults were reported to have committed suicide by ingesting either acid or alkali cleaners, six of those adults were either in their 70s or 80s. As for the could-be-worse part, fortunately some countries like the United States have done a better job of labeling acids and alkalis and have made the containers harder to open by young children. And the main means of decontamination is just lots and lots of water. And fortunately there are many places where assaults using corrosive chemicals are rare. And there are surgical treatments that can help repair some of the damage as well as treatments to help prevent infection and restore homeostasis.